Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates, and they Corbin and Cody, give their unfiltered opinion on one movie every week. This week on the show, we're going to be talking about Grown Ups. In 1978, they were the best of friends. Everybody say championship. Now, they're getting back together for the first time in over 30 years. Remember the guy I always tell you about, Rob? Of course. Oh, and this must be your mother. My wife. I'm sorry. I'm not. Oh, grody. From Columbia Pictures, they're meeting each other's families. Look at this. Wow. Ooh, a porch swing. I know what I'm doing this weekend. Yeah. Learning about their kids. Mommy, I want some milk. Come here. Give you a little something. Your son is so cute. How old is he? 48 months. That's four. Yeah. And showing them how it's done. That's it. No more video game. No more cell phones from now on. Stay outside and play. What are we supposed to do? You see a rope and a lake and that doesn't make you want to go nuts? Class is in session. Over there. Okay. Whee! Too high! This was a mistake! Let go! I can't let go! I'm just As always, I'm your host, Corbin's Vocal, and with me is my co-host, Cody Webb. Yes, I'm here as well. Uh, we are not roommates anymore, which is kind of sad. Just realized that. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, I believe this is episode 11. So episode really 11 and uh, season finale. I'm cranking these out. Season finale as well. Yeah. Season finale. So, yeah. Uh, so we're. I think we'll take a, a little bit of a short break following this episode. Not not too long, but uh, maybe come back with some new categories, change things up a little bit, and uh, you know, hopefully, some more guests. Um, we're obviously in two different places right now, so the audio quality might be a little bit different. Um, but you know, doing this over Zoom, so we, we'd love to you know bring some more people on and uh, you know get things going. Yeah, you know, in- in theory, it should be easier to have more guests. Exactly. They don't have to come to us anymore. <laughs> True. We're not in the same place, so everybody can just jump on Zoom. And, and we're exactly. Going. Yeah, I've got I've got a buddy I work with uh, this summer who who also hosts a podcast, and um, his co-host lives in Chicago, and uh, so so they do the Zoom thing as well. And you know, you make it work. Everybody's got to make it work somehow. So. Exactly. So. Uh, Let's get into it, Cody. Why'd you Why'd you pick Grown Ups for for your movie this time around? You know, for the for the uh, season finale, I want to do you know a special movie. Um, no, Grown Ups. It's just sort of um, it's it's sort of my guilty pleasure movie. I feel like people say that all the time about movies, and it's definitely mine. Um, uh, I feel like most of the movies I've picked, I've said this, but I've I've seen this movie probably like 10, 15 times easily. Um. And yeah, we were talking about it in like the movie draft and stuff. So I thought, you know, we just continue that and um, just have like a fun episode end season. Yeah, obviously a heinous crime was committed during the movie draft when I when I <laughs> stole this movie from you. That's true. Um, you know, looking back on that, how do you feel about that happening? You know, I still have nightmares about that most nights, uh, but I was able to scrape out uh, Grown Ups too. So you know, it, it is what it is. But yeah, I think yeah. if I got Grown Ups, I I won that. Uh, you know, movie draft unanimously. Yeah, uh, that that was probably the difference. Grown Ups 2 bogging you down. You know, looking oh, yeah. back, I've actually 
I've, I, I can't remember exactly, but I've, I've seen some movies in recent times that uh, have some pretty low rotten tomato scores that I probably could have taken over grownups, but I don't know. It was a tough, it was a tough category for sure. Oh, movies. I, I can't the remember. There was something, there was something recently that I was looking at. I was like, oh, wow, this is really low rated, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. So, uh, you know, initial thoughts, Cody, you know, rewatching this movie for the, the 15th time, as you said, you know, How'd you, how'd you feel? Does it hold up? <laughs> From my standpoint, it, it does hold up. The comedy is obviously hit or miss. Um, also, I think uh, after every joke, you know, the actors just laugh about it for about 30 seconds, which, you know, it's sort of like a laugh track in a TV show. The more you watch it, the, the, uh, the less you realize it's there. But I feel like uh, maybe the first couple of viewings, that's really annoying. Uh, also, the plot, mostly just shenanigans no no solid story it's just you know five hometown friends coming back together because their basketball coach died um but i would i will say the one thing about it it does surprisingly have a lot of heart like at the end where adam's saying spoiler by the way i'm sure people don't want this movie spoiled (laughs) but um at the end where he like misses the shot on purpose to you know try to teach his kids how to lose and try to have you know the low lifes you know get a win for once. <laughs> I actually really like that moment I don't know if that's just because you know I like this movie and that's just the plot but yeah I think my initial thoughts are um it's a solid comedy with you know Adam Sandler and his friends which I feel like I think that we say that a lot but just the this ensemble I don't really think we've seen that many times or at least I haven't um but yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of this movie what, what are your initial thoughts uh, I definitely agree with you. There, there's not a whole lot of plot going on in the in this, in this movie. Uh, not, not not at least until like the the third act where you finally like see the basketball game happen, and um, even that I feel like is super under undeveloped. Like it's not even clear that it's gonna happen until like oh they're just playing a basketball game. Because yeah. like the guys talking crap to him early in the movie, but it seems like they're not gonna like rematch but then all of a sudden it's the fourth of july and they're like oh we, we just got to have this rematch at this big celebration um you mentioned the ensemble cast and obviously like i think we could all aspire to you know one day just take your you know five six best friends and just make a movie and and just roast each other for two hours or however long this is so i i respect i respect the sandman for that and all all the included parties uh it, it is essentially, like you said, a, a laugh track. It's it's two hours of just, you know, friends roasting each other back and forth, you know, who can who can one up the other one, come up with a better joke. Um, I put before looking that there's probably, you know, like a four hour cut of this movie where it's just, you know, <laughs> there's probably so much that was cut out. And when we get to yeah. trivia, we'll, we'll find the official runtime there. I, I do have it. Um, <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> and then the, the, the final thing, uh, Something that I didn't realize because I hadn't seen this movie in a while. Um, Cameron Boyce, the late Cameron Boyce of Disney Channel fame, is in this movie. Yeah. Um. So, so I thought that was interesting to see, especially because I was surprised that following this movie he had a Disney Channel career because I feel like this is kind of a pretty raunchy movie. It is PG thirteen. Um. But I, I I was surprised. I was like, oh wow, he was in this, and then he went on to Disney Channel afterwards. Yeah. Was interesting there might have to me. been some overlap um probably a little how bit young he was in like jesse or whatever it's the only show i know him and there's also um 
Chris Rock's daughter in the movie. I think she's a, a Disney actor as well. Oh, really? So I think there's a couple. Could, could be wrong on that, but yeah. Jesse so started I, I, in 2011, so and this movie oh, came really? out in 2010. So this was like. Oh, okay, so he got a career. <laughs> yeah. Movie, I, I, I think he's decent in this movie. So, but. Um, we'll, we'll move on to, uh, our first category. My, my favorite as always is, is the stupidest part you stupid. Uh, of this movie. And, and the first thing is actually something that you mentioned. Uh, I have two things. First thing, mm-hmm. something you mentioned in, in your initial thoughts. And I think it's so stupid that he loses the basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. Why? Uh, it's just a real cop out. He's a chump. Come on, man. Just hit your shot. You don't. Hey, Sandler doesn't miss. He doesn't miss those shots. He could have hit a hundred in a row and he just, he just lets them win. And you know, it's sure it's heartwarming. It's cute. Oh, he lets the losers that have never left their hometown finally get a W, but exactly. Nah, no mercy. Just kill him. Yeah. And no, I'll talk about that more in Cody versus, um, but yeah, I think if you don't buy into that ending, it is really dumb just on the surface. Like, dude, just win the basketball game. I don't, I don't understand. But yeah, I mean, that sort of just like hit my heartstrings, you know. When I when I watch, that's just me. But yeah, I, I that that is really dumb. Like, it's it's because you're that guy who loses every basketball game, right? So oh, no chance. So, someone finally letting you get a win would. You probably really would feel connected to that. Tough, tough. All right, I, I have a couple as well, so okay. I'll, I'll do I'll do my lower ones first. Um, the obvious one I have is uh, their game that they invented, Arrow Roulette. <laughs> that might be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And they were playing it as, as kids, which is even dumber. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, it's. I feel like the odds of uh, the arrow sticking two guys in the foot Back to back arrow roulette games. That's that's pretty crazy as well. Um, but my other lower one is like right at the beginning of the movie. Um, uh, whatever whatever's daughter name is Becky, I think it is. She did, she's answering the phone at their house uh, for some odd reason. They don't let the nanny answer it, or you know, an actual adult. And then for some other odd reason, she just hops in a limo or something. And like drives it across the yard. I, I have so many questions about this. First off, you know, is the car locked? How'd she get the keys? She did get the keys. How does she know how to turn the car on? And once she gets to that point, you know, did she just put it in neutral? Because she had to do the stick or something to get out of the park. So either this girl's like a driving genius or that just makes no sense. So yeah, Th- those are my, you know, little gripes with the plot, but nothing major there. Yeah. I, I, uh, what was the fir- the first thing you said was uh the arrow roulette. The roulette yeah the fact i don't know how one of them doesn't you know die as a child <laughs> they're playing that as a child and uh, did it- nobody ever get seriously injured enough and then it's just now someone's getting stuck in a foot it it, it is a little uh interesting yes. it sort of makes sense but still not really yeah and then uh my other stupid thing is so he obviously doesn't want to admit to his friends that he has a nanny or an au pair or whatever you want to call her. Um, the girl who's, who's basically watching his children. He doesn't want to admit that. And I, and I understand that part, but I don't understand why he doesn't just tell the nanny what's going on. Like, <laughs> Hey, can you just pretend to be a foreign exchange student? <laughs> because he keeps being like, Oh, you need to study. And she's so confused about what's happening. And it just makes it worse for him. All he has to be is like, hey, just play along. Like, I, I just think that's so dumb. It would have it saved so much 
of his his saved him from so, from so much trouble if he had just told her what was going on. Yeah, I, I beg that. Um, probably just the reason they had that in the movie is they couldn't really think of anything to do with the nanny. Yeah, so, and they wonder in the movie, but yeah, that that is dumb as well. My big one that I do have a problem with is um, the, the big product placement in the movie, which is the trip to the water park. Uh, <laughs> I really don't understand this at all because, like, they're so they're going to leave that day, and then Salma Hayek's like, "No, nah, no, nah, we're staying, whatever," and then for some reason. They want to leave this really expensive lake house, a lake house. There is a lake at the house. And they want to go to a water park. So they want to get rid of all the natural water and go to the fake water. That makes no sense in hell to me. Um, and yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, this is, a, I think this was a very expensive movie to make. And like in the process, they're like, how can we cut the budget a little bit? Because, you know, it's just Adam Sandler and his friends. They're like, oh, there's this really cool water park not too far from where we're filming. You could ask them to pay us a bunch of money and, you know, plaster their logos everywhere. Um, yeah, I just don't really like when movies go all out in product placement. And when you're literally at a lake house, I don't think there's any reason to leave that to go to a water park. Um, but yeah, that's my dumbest part. Which, do you, which would you prefer, a day on the lake or a day at a water park? definitely a day on the lake uh, I mean, i'm i'm a water park man uh, not much not much one for the great outdoors but i mean they had like a boat but they didn't know how to work it so i guess that makes sense uh they wanted a little more you know danger involved in the water but i guess the the rope swing uh <laughs> tragedy <laughs> affected them too much so they needed to then go ride a zip line but we want to talk about safety in this movie oh, no, that sick. zip line is is cool but like Oh, it never would be allowed. Yeah, <laughs> you, <laughs> you hold shut down in ten minutes with that thing. You got the. I don't know if I have the upper body strength to hold on for long enough. That'd before be scary I, as hell, dude. Yeah. yeah, it would be very intense. And uh, you know, the whole movie is just kind of stupid, if we're being honest. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just what the movie is. Yeah. Double All right. Comedy. We'll uh, move on to our our favorite character in the movie. You want to get us started with that? I have two. Yeah, uh, I have a couple of honorable uh, mentions. Uh, first off, just Lenny, Adam Sandler's character. Super likable. Probably the most likable in the movie. Um, you know, just got a good outlook on life. Still pretty humble, even though he's like this big Hollywood agent. And uh, yeah, I like that from Adam Sandler. Uh, another honorable mention, uh, Chris Rock's kid, uh, the, the boy. I just like his one catchphrase where he goes, Zooey mama <laughs> when there's flying on um you know the hot girl through the car or whatever. I thought that was funny. But yeah, my uh my favorite character is um my Rudolph character. I think she was really funny. I don't know if she was actually pregnant for this movie. I feel like she was and they just wrote it in. Um but all of her pregnancy jokes I thought really landed. Um at the beginning at the funeral where Salma Hayek's like, Oh, you look so good in your pregnancy. <laughs> she just has like the most dead fan response of what the hell are you talking about i'm not pregnant i thought that was good and then yeah just um her relationship with chris rock and that uh character development i'm gonna call it character development even though you know that's a little sus i like that as well they go from you know just fighting constantly at the beginning with chris rock with the reverse roles of chris rock uh being stay-at-home dad but i actually really like their relationship um where they sort of mended at the end um the whole nanny thing's iffy, but 
where they're like, oh, we, we do love each other and we're just like fighting over petty problems. So yeah, I, th- I would say uh, my Rudolph's character, I don't even remember her name, but she was my favorite character. So yeah. I, you know, I think there was a time when I wasn't a big Maya Rudolph fan, um, but she's really good. She's good in this movie. Um, she's also in Bridesmaids. She's also, you know, really good. So um, pro, pro, pro Maya Rudolph personally. She's the bride in Bridesmaids. Yeah. yeah, she, she is the bride. She's not the bridesmaid. So she's not, <laughs> exactly. the, she's not the titular character, but um, Bridesmaids, good movie. Um, who's your, so, who's your picks for, so of the of the boys my favorite mm-hmm. is uh is eric which is played by kevin james um i think you know talking a little bit about character development i think he has a little bit of uh an interesting arc where he's got the whole thing where he's coming in with the fancy car and he's he's paying for dinner and um you know in the end he's like guys by the way like, <laughs> i got laid off i don't have any money um and I, you know, I like that. I like that character development there. I like that moment where he, you know, he admits, you know, cause they're all having their kind of little come to Jesus moment. You know, he admits that, you know, guys, I didn't, I didn't actually have all this money. My life's actually kind of sucky <laughs> right now. Um, I'm just trying to flaunt for you. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that moment. And uh, I, I do like Kevin James um, in this role, especially compared to like Paul Blart, Paul Cop. Um, I think, because they they play into him being like fat a little bit but i don't think they go like over the top where it's like that's the only joke they can make about kevin james i think they're they they're able to roast him in other ways and like you know find other ways to be funny and for him to be funny other than just like oh i'm the fat guy Definitely. Yeah. and then uh my, my other uh character of the the rival gang would be wiley who is played by steve buscemi <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> steve buscemi is just always Steve <laughs> like anything I see that dude in is is uh is masterclass stuff. Um just the fact that he he rides the the zip line with his feet is hilarious to me. And then uh obviously the end where his hands are up in the cast and they make the the joke about uh the field goal being good. <laughs> uh gold, and, all gold, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's gold. <laughs> I just love that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, I think those are two two very good picks. Um, Thank you. But yeah, you want to go into? Let me. Let's hear your least favorite character. All right. Um. So I'm gonna choose. Uh. First of all, Roxanne, which is uh, Sama Hayek, uh, Adam Sandler's wife, oh, wow, in the dude. movie. Going after the big dogs. Um. She is just. She's pretty annoying for the at least the first half of this movie. Um, just about pretentious, I think. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And she needs to be brought down a little, little bit. Um, eventually she does, you know, recognize that her kids are having fun. And um, this is really in like an important weekend for her husband and for her children to finally get away and, you know, experience, you know, like normal life. But definitely for the first half of the movie, she is very pretentious. Um, she's, she just, her only goal is to get to Milan. She doesn't care about this funeral. She doesn't care about any of these people that her husband grew up with. Um, and then that's like her only role in the movie is to just like be the foil of like, Oh, we need to get out of here. Then she decides to stay. And later she finds out that uh, Adam Sandler's character, um, Lenny had already canceled the tickets before she even decided to stay. 
And she gets mad about that, which I, I, I understand, but she's mad for like two seconds and then she just doesn't care anymore. And it's not brought up again, which I, I think is a little ridiculous. Yeah, she goes from like screaming at him on the dock and then two seconds later, they're like hugging off to the side. Yeah, it's like, everybody else fight. it's yeah. definitely very uneven from her character. And um, I, I just don't like that. If, if she's going to be, you know, excuse the, the word here, if she's going to be like a bitch for the first half of the movie <laughs> and then just be fine. You know, not even care gonna, anymore. I thought you were gonna say gold digger. But, uh, I don't think she's well. Too. She's not a gold digger because she's got money too. I mean, she's a. Fa- she, I think she might be the real breadwinner in this family. <laughs> it's her fashion show they're going to. Sure, he's a he's an agent, but she, she's Miss Fashion. Uh, I've got another one, but we can flip flop flip flop here. All right, I don't have like a major one. Um, my my um my thing for this category was just people who are in the movie just for one joke um and there's a lot of people um in this movie for that the first one that comes to mind is uh gloria the old lady <laughs> basically um you know she just farts kind of, yeah no, no no not her uh well she's also oh you know, don't mean the grandma you mean the rob schneider's no i remember yeah, yeah yeah his his, his girlfriend <laughs> yeah. just to you know be the old lady with, you know heard rob schneider licking tongues and stuff like that <laughs> that's how she's it's very strange um a couple of the other ones uh yeah the other grandma and then um beans i think his name's beans i could be wrong it's the kevin james little kid who oh. you, you know just like sucking on titties which you know <laughs> it's funny he's like five years old um but you know character wise i would say he doesn't it is to it, do. Bean is his name. Oh, Bean. Well, Beans is a better name. Who names our kid Bean? That would be a nickname. Uh, but yeah, Bean's my my big big first character. So tough on that kid. But yeah, yeah. They they definitely hit that joke like multiple times. Probably one or two times too many. But I mean, same with the grandma jokes. I mean, definitely talking about like I don't know granny panties, and then they're smashing in the treehouse at night I, I don't know dude. interesting stuff but yeah yeah um my other least favorite character would have to be marcus which is david spade's uh character <laughs> what? uh he's he's just there to be like a creep for the most of the movie <laughs> that's like his only role and uh you know I, I won't stand for that. <laughs> There's a thin line between ladies man and creep. So yeah, I, and I, I can back that. I, I don't know if David Spade pulls off ladies man. <laughs> 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 so that, that's why I'll put him as my least favorite. <laughs> I think at the beginning, the biggest red flag was he was sleeping from the waitress at Chili's who had a um, OJ Simpson tattoo. So <laughs> that, that just, It's all uh, downhill from there, honestly. That screams creep to me. Yeah. yeah. All right. So move on to our our next category. Who can act? Wow. Yeah, I'll go first on this one. You've touched on uh, both my picks already. Um, Kevin James, I think, is great in this movie. His physical acting, I think, is always good in most of his movies. Uh, Specifically in this one, where he's in the kitchen doing like the twitchy thing. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look that up. It's actually really funny. Um, but yeah, uh, sort of what you were talking about. Um, you know, the switch of the character development at the end was good. Also, the, the, the 
<laughs> the tree rope scene is a classic. He gets all hyped up and then sort of just freaks out at the end. Um, yeah, I actually think he's really good in this movie, just from a general standpoint, not just physical acting. And then my other pick, which is my absolute favorite, which you did to talk about as well already, is Steve Buscemi. He's in this movie <laughs> for five minutes, and he absolutely steals the show. Um, yeah, just bouncing off what you said. I mean, at the beginning, really, Wiley, why? I'm an animal. I'm an animal. <laughs> he goes down on his feet. That's classic. And then, yeah, him at the end, all in a cast is great. Just his one-liners are solid throughout. And then the arrow roulette at the end, sticking him again. I think it's a perfect ending for, you know, his arc and his character. Um, so, yeah, those those are my two fakes. Steve Buscemi, I mean... I can't think of anybody else in that role in this movie. Unreplaceable. And, you know, it, Steve Buscemi is probably like the most serious actor in this group. Uh, Easily, yeah. He's done some, you know, you know, pretty, pretty high, fo- high profile drama roles. I mean, I'm a big fan of Reservoir Dogs. You know, working with Quentin Tarantino and also working with the Coen Brothers on a movie like Fargo. Um, yeah. Definitely a, a serious actor and. You know, I mean, he, who else is it? Maybe Salma Hayek. She, she hasn't been in that much. Salma Hayek. I mean, not really though. I mean, you could make She's the case like, like Adam Sandler obviously has his serious yeah. roles, but yeah, like um, two. I, I I would say <laughs> it is probably uh, Steve Buscemi being the most serious. Um, Which makes sense. He's the best actor in this movie. But yeah, true. <laughs> Who's your picks? Um, my picks: Kevin James as well. Um, favorite character also I think he can act uh, really well you, you pretty you hit on pretty much everything I had to say about that um, and you know the other one Adam Sandler we all know Adam Sandler's a good actor um, doesn't ever usually get the respect he deserves I mean you know was great in Uncut Gems I'm not a huge fan of that movie but um, was really amazing in that role and couldn't even get a you know a nomination for his work there um i think just because of the way he is perceived in hollywood as you know only being a funny guy who can you know make dumb jokes like in grown-ups but um he can definitely act and you know whether it's something being funny here or you know a serious role i think it doesn't matter you're always going to get good stuff from adam sandler yeah yeah. and i mean i don't think adam sandler he's never going to phone something in or like he was here for this 100%, you know, he was here for his friends and definitely shows. Uh, I'll get us started with who can't act. It's my opinion! Uh, the first one I'm going to say is uh, the grandma, uh, Chris Rock's mom. I don't know. Bunions. <laughs> that shot is disgusting. I can't even watch that shot. I, I honestly don't even know the name of the actress. Don't, I don't care. Um, <laughs> you put anybody else in that role, and it would be a hundred times better. Um, she's just this weird old cranky lady who has bunions and farts a lot. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think anything very. I I think Cody could have played that role. I've said it before some, in some other, but I I would have rather seen it honestly. Yeah, I beg. Are you gonna replace her at the end? Well, I guess we'll wait and find out. Now, won't we? You better. Uh, I expect a replacement. All right. Um. My undoubtedly worst actor, the only one I have written down, is uh, the main man himself, uh, Bobby Rob Schneider. Um, I don't know what this guy's doing in this movie. Uh, <laughs> the two-face, a strange choice just straight off the bat. And then, um, yeah, I mean, his character actually has a chunk of the story, um, you know, towards him. 
with his, you know, failed relationships and his new relationship with Gloria and then and then his know, children. Exactly. His failed relationships and then his daughter showing up and him trying to patch things up with that. Um, for how much of the story he gets, he just plays it so unlikable. Um, you know, he I feel like he's supposed to, but I feel like he plays it up too much. Like no one likes him and like <laughs> he'll never have any real relationship with his family and stuff like that. Um I'm not a big fan of Rob Schneider in general in this movie. I just don't think he's good. You know, it is funny to laugh at him at times, but I'm never really laughing with him, which I think you are at, at a lot of times in this movie. Um, How do you feel about Rob Schneider in, in Bench Warmers? Uh, I haven't seen the movie for a while. From, from what I remember, he's a lot more likable in that movie. I mean, he's the main guy who's good at baseball. Yeah, he's kind of a dick in the movie, though, but... Yeah, he's a dick that uh, that one kid, I'm sure, he, like, bullied. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, what, what do you think about Rob Schneider in this movie? Um, you know, I, I also agree. He's, he's not great in this movie. Rob Schneider, also uh, an anti, anti-vaxxer. So... Uh, <laughs> no, big surprise there. We're never very, Rob on the show, I guess. <laughs> very outspoken for many years. Not even, like, a COVID thing. Like, just in general, does not... Uh, not a vaccine guy, so maybe that's why they dumped him for the sequel. But yeah, good. Yeah, could could be as well. Um, I think David Spade is always the better part to Rob Schneider. You know, in Benchwarmers, he's better. In this movie, he's better. Um, and yeah, it's that's, it's, that's it's not true. great. And you're you're 100 right with talking about like how much he has to do in this movie in comparison to everyone else with his children, with the whole Gloria thing, and it it just does not get pulled off very well um then my other one is uh colin quinn who plays dickie bailey which is the 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 antagonist (laughs) of the movie Uh, i don't i don't really know what he's trying to do here to be entirely honest because he's like kind of an idiot but he's also just kind of a whiny baby (laughs) that and his character just like goes on and cries about how he stepped on the line. And then at the end of the movie, he, he eventually, you know, steps on the line. He's all over the line. Yeah. He's all over the line. But uh, I, yeah, I just don't think he's very good in this at all. Um, I, I have no idea what, what he's doing. The, the direction is just confusing to me and the, the choices he makes. I don't in, think in there's the any way that's his real voice. It's definitely some sort of like hybrid accent that he's trying yeah. to pull off, I think. It's and not just good. that from the beginning is just like this guy just sounds like an idiot. It's very I'm, off-putting. I'm not gonna listen to anything he says, but yeah, I, I back that. He's super forgettable as well, for sure. All right, now we're gonna move on to uh, Cody versus. Ding ding. Cody, I'm sure you have a lot to say here, so why don't you get us started? <laughs> <laughs> I actually think this is really funny. Um, so excuse me if I'm laughing a lot. Uh, I think it's an easy, easy dub right off the top. Um, first off, I'm way better at basketball than that I'm saying there. Uh, there's always videos of him, like uh, Barstool or Bleacher Report, of him like balling with like, uh, those really long shorts. I mean, for, for his age, he's not bad, but it's Adam Sandler. So first off, I'm better at basketball. Second off, I don't really care that much about other people, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw the game at the end for you know this white trash family. No offense uh, to you know them. Um, so yeah. Uh, also, 
if people are talking crap to me like on an intercom you know at a restaurant i'll be like dude let's go play one-on-one right now i'm not, I'm not gonna stand for this crap i'll chuck threes all day with my foot off, like three feet off the line and just bang threes on your ass all day um so yeah i think for a basketball movie you know this is just easy money i think his nemesis and you know their team is absolute dog piss and you know i'm no michael jordan out here but i, I can kick it a little bit mm-hmm. um, so yeah i i would say i get the win here <laughs> what do you think uh yeah sure i'll get i'll give you the win i actually have a an alternate thing i want to talk about a little bit here uh-huh, it's 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 a movie proposal it's a movie pitch so yeah. we give you uh let's see adam sandler let's let's say uh 20 years uh from now maybe 15 uh you know you, you move away from good old new carlisle new carlisle indiana <laughs> but, then, <laughs> but then but then carlisle you oh, have yeah. to return because um the wiffle ball cup is on the line <laughs> and you have to return and you got to hang out with colton and aiden and forrester and get all the boys back together and uh you gotta play some wiffle ball one final time and you then you lose i would watch that movie um i mean yeah if we had vano on the team we would definitely lose <laughs> that, that dude hates wiffle ball i i won't ever bring it up <laughs> around he hates, lo- he hates lots of things not just wiffle ball. uh he won't listen to this so we can say anything about him yeah exactly fuck fuck you vano i hope you're not listening to this. <laughs> you're, you're terrible you've never won a gold glove you're off he did win a gold glove right, we, we got it. disputed uh, <laughs> uh yeah i'd watch that movie I'd, I'd make that movie hell you know put me in hollywood and uh you write off that script, you know, I'll get it made. So there we go. I, I like All that. Right. <laughs> uh, we someone has to die, I guess. So uh, I don't know. Dies? Oh, uh, the coach. That's what brings them back. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Somebody's dad. They they burn down Migley Field, and you guys have to return. I'm sure Aiden would be very upset. Long live Migley. <laughs> That aside, uh, yeah, sure you win. <laughs> so now I we're gonna. Have a winning record. Yeah. There, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we'll easy. we'll see if Cody versus returns in season two. Yeah, we might two. retire because it it's just too easy out here. So. Yeah, Cody's too good. Um, exactly. Just you can't let him get too big of a head. He's he's winning too much. You got to bring him down a few notches. Uh, so we're now we're gonna move on to what to add to Fortnite. Fortnite. I'll get us started with the, the first one. Uh, I think, you know, they have, uh, zip lines in Fortnite, but what they should add is water slides. So, uh, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of steep cliffs and things and you could hop on a water slide and get right down the the cliff very quickly. You know, there's a lot of times you might be running from the storm. You might see some guys you're trying to chase after. So why not be able to get into a water slide, slide down a mountain? You can't go back up, but you can go down, go down the water slide. It's a little bit of a fun trip gets you places quicker and you know maybe you can hop out and you know do some trick shots or something kill some people yeah i like that um and after you get off the water slide um your shorts have to like go up your ass like in the movie <laughs> but yeah that's actually pretty creative i have a couple uh, my first one is um along the animal theme that we seem to uh, have a lot in these episodes other than the dog who, who barks like a turkey um i think just the audio on that would be really funny and i think it, unlike the other animals in fortnite who just attack you i think this this dog is is a helper 
So you get this dog and he's there. And when somebody's around you, he starts, you know, barking like a turkey. Um, so yeah, that's my first one. My second one, which I actually, I actually like, actually like a lot more. I can't talk today. Um, is the cup phone. I still I can't talk. The cup phones from the movie. I think um, sort of in the specific locations that have a bunch of houses, like uh, Holly Hedges, goat, goat, uh, goat location, or Pleasant Park, or uh, oh no, that's not mm. anymore, Retail Row. Mm. You know, you could have a bunch of houses, and like right next to the doorbell, but on the inside, is these cup phones. You can actually like communicate uh, with your teammates, saying like, "Oh, this is this, this is that." Um, so yeah, <laughs> that's my second one. I like the cup phone idea. Fair enough. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely. I don't. I don't know about the cup phones, but uh, oh, the cup phones. I. I uh, I like the dog. Um, my other thing is, you know, somehow incorporating era roulette into the game. You know, maybe make <laughs> make it a mini game or something, or even, you know, I think they should make it where if you like shoot an arrow straight up into the air, it comes back down or something. Like, you know, it always comes down and you know hits something. So, I'd love to play some arrow roulette with you, Cody. <laughs> <laughs> there are like bow and arrows that's big this season. So exactly, it's it, it, it fits right in. Yeah. all right now we're gonna move on to uh replace an actor or the director i only have one here why don't you go ahead and get us started two yeah so we'll go back and forth uh, my first one per usual is just get rid of my um least favorite actor so let's get bobby schneider out and you know what since steve buscemi so good for five minutes let's just stick him in uh rob schneider's role um, I actually want, you know, a decent actor in there who can give me some depth and who, you know, has comedic timing. And I think um, if you just throw in Steve Buscemi, uh, you know, obviously cut some of the weird jokes with, uh, you know, old old lady Gloria. I think this would actually be a perfect role for Buscemi, sort of um, a little bit on the outside, uh, whatever, uh, not gritty, but like uh, sort of an oddball, oddball role which I think is what Steve Buscemi does best. And that's what Rob Schneider's trying to, you know, do a little bit, uh, but he doesn't have the chops. So yeah, that, that's my first pick. Okay. Um, my pick is actually to re- replace the uh, director of this movie. And um, Dennis Dugan. Dennis Dugan, obviously longtime collaborator with Adam Sandler, you know, worked on um, Happy Gil, Happy Gilmore, Don't Mess With the Zohan, Big Daddy, like, a ton of Sandler movies through the years. Um, so I understand why he directed this movie. Um, but I would replace him with Adam McKay. Are you familiar with Adam McKay at all, Cody? Yes, I know. Anchorman, The Big Short. Yes, absolutely. We'll, we'll read some off here Anchorman, <laughs> Talladega Knights, Step Brothers, The Other Guys, Anchorman 2, obviously The Big Short, Vice. Has a movie coming out on Netflix with. Uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio in it, um, I think later this year. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think in those movies, and obviously he's he's worked with uh, Will Ferrell a lot, so he's maybe the Will Ferrell version of Dennis Dugan to Adam Sandler. Um, but I think there's, as dumb as some of those movies are, like Talladega Nights and Anchorman, as dumb as they are... We should do Talladega Nights or Step Brothers. <laughs> those are great movies. <laughs> as dumb as those movies are, um, they, they are very funny. Um, I prefer that kind of comedy 
uh, to the Adam Sandler kind of comedy a little bit. I think there's a certain level of sophistication um, that comes along with it. Uh, I think I think it's just a little bit smarter in the ways that it is stupid to me. Um, and I think in all those movies, there's a lot more of a plot than anything in this movie or in a lot of, you know, those type of movies, Don't Mess with Han, whatever it may be. So I think the plot is a lot more existent in an Adam McKay work. Um, he also wrote uh, or did at least some writing on the Ant-Man script, which I think is very funny. Um, and I, I do enjoy Ant-Man a lot. So um, I think when it comes to taking a real story and being able to, you know, do comedy really well, I think Adam McKay would be the perfect uh, person for this role. And then obviously with movies like The Big Short, um, we see that he can like be a serious director as well. Like is is a very good, like honest director. Like the direction in The Big Short is, is some of the best directing of, you know, I think the past decade easily. So I, I just think this movie can't get worse with him as the director, in my opinion. No, I back that. Yeah, um, obviously The Big Short's one of my favorite movies. And yeah, like I was saying before, everything he's made is at least decent. And Dennis Dugan can't really say the same. Uh, so yeah, I, I'd watch that movie. Uh, but my other pick is um, to get rid of uh, the no-name bad guy, whatever his name is. And um, inter- interestingly enough, you're talking about Ant-Man. Let's throw in Paul Rudd. Give, <laughs> make him the bad guy. I think um, Paul Rudd is good leading man, but I think he's a better um, supporting cast member more than anything else. Uh, the role that really stands out for me is him in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Uh, no. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's a surf instructor. Really funny role. Um, yeah, I just want somebody who's memorable in this villain role, who's a little bit over, over the top at times, uh, you know, can actually hurl some insults at Adam Sandler. And I think Paul Rudd would be perfect for this movie, especially if Adam Kays were directing. Um, because of the, uh, the old Anchorman connection and stuff. But yeah, that's my pick. All right, um, we're gonna t- we're gonna take a brief break here. I'm gonna send Cody a YouTube link to something called Paul's Rudd com- Paul Rudd's computer, and I'm gonna have Cody watch it, and I encourage everybody to watch it as well. <laughs> and we're back, Cody. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't really know <laughs> what the fuck that video was. Why why do you want me to watch that? It's just Paul Rudd being an idiot. Yeah, it's pa- that's Paul Rudd for you. Um, you want Tane to be the villain? <laughs> I, I think I'd be okay with that. Put put Tane in. All right, we're gonna move on now <laughs> so after that. To our, uh, <laughs> there's a two minutes of your life you're never gonna get back. And yeah, I, I felt the need to share that with you. Uh and I, I hope all of our uh loyal listeners out there get to experience the beauty of Tane. All right, Paul Red's computer. Moving on. We're going to move on to our IMDb trivia section. Naked grandma! Naked, huh? I don't have a lot here, but I do have some interesting facts I'm going to come at you with. First of all, after the movie premiered, Adam Sandler bought each of his fellow cast members, Chris Rock, Kevin James, Rob Schneider, and David Spade, a brand new Maserati. (laughs) Rock appreciated the gift, but said it made him feel like Adam Sandler's bitch. (laughs) So... Very Chris Rock thing to say there, but uh, brand new Maserati. I mean, hell, that's a uh, yeah, probably buying all those is about how much money this movie made. Uh, we made a crap ton of money, <laughs> though, so that's fair. Sure. 
Adam Sandler wrote and was set to do, uh, release this movie in the mid nineties. And uh, it was actually going to have Chris Farley playing the Kevin James role instead of Kevin James. Um, obviously, you know, Chris Farley passed away in 1997 and they had to halt production plans and then they didn't, you know, go on to make this movie for almost, you know, a decade and a half later. So what do you think? Chris Farley in the Kevin James role better, worse, same. Would have been good. Yeah. Prime, prime Chris Farley. I'd watch that. Yeah. Um, going back to what I talked about in the beginning of the movie, the first cut of this film was three hours and 12 minutes long. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, why they didn't release that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't imagine why. Um they probably could have cut this movie about half an hour shorter and it would have been better. But um, and then uh, you know, we talked about him earlier, Dennis Dugan, but this is uh Adam Sandler and Dennis Dugan's fifth collaboration together at that point. I think they obviously made more movies following this one, but this was their fifth movie together. So yeah, it's interesting. I yeah. feel like nobody really knows who Dennis Dugan is. Um yeah, he's made a craft on movies. Adam Sandler, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I uh, I have a couple IMDb points as well. Okay, go ahead. I didn't. I I definitely wouldn't have known who Dennis Dugan was um, unless I like looked it up. Um, but I think that it's a little bit true to you know what this movie is um, in the sense of here's uh, you know Adam Sandler with all of his friends making a movie, and you know he's got Dennis Dugan as well, so who is obviously someone he's friend respects. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Um, my first uh, IMDb point is sort of just a strange technicality that I found myself in a rabbit hole on the internet. And it revolves around, um, would the three-point line have been in existence during you know their city championship run or whatever? Because it is, there is a three-point line um, in that game. And the conclusion I came to is no, there would not have been a three point line. So this movie is false. Uh, Basically uh, back then they were playing everything by twos. And I believe in this movie, they are playing everything by twos because the score is like 51 to 50. And then he hits the shot and it becomes 52 to 51. So it doesn't matter if it's foot's on the line because there are no three pointers. That's just, um, you know, a basketball gripe for me. Uh, because obviously the three-point line wasn't brought into the NBA to like the early 80s and then like high school in like the mid 80s. And um, I think uh, the beginning of the way is like 78 or 79. So it wouldn't have been there. Um, also, I did just want to bring up uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score again, which uh, we did talk about in the movie draft. But this movie has an 11% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes, which I think is brutal. Obviously, this isn't, you know, an Oscar picture out here. It doesn't, it's not going to be up in the 90s. But I would say around 50, you know, 45. I think that's a normal Adam Sandler score. For it to be 11%, I think is a crime, especially compared to its um, audience score, which is at 62, which, I mean, that might even be a little high. But, I mean, compared to the 11, uh, that's just insane to me. Um, but, yeah, th- those are my two things. Yeah. Um, do you know, like, exactly how the Rotten Tomatoes score works? Or are you familiar? I mean, the critics one? Yeah. Well, so the way it works is it's not, like, a aggregate rating out of 100 where, like, 
if I'm a critic and I want to rate this movie a 59 and then you rate it a 65 and somebody else rates it, it's not an average score of those things. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, did you think it was fresh or rotten? Yeah. So it's, it's basically the percentage of people who give it a positive or negative review. So they go out and they find, you know, reviews that people have written and then determine is this positive, is this negative? And they found that 11% of the people who reviewed this movie on a, you know, commercial, you know, professional standard enjoyed this movie well you know 89 percent did not i mean compared to the other adam sandler movies though that's what i'm saying um definitely not great rotten tomatoes is not a great necessarily way to look at um the you know how a movie's viewed Um, obviously not i'm pretty sure recently uh i believe paddington too yeah we talked about it overtook citizen kane and you know speaking of ratings Here we go. We're about to give ourselves our uh, this movie a rating of our own. You're gonna look at me and you're gonna tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? My favorite- I have a feeling mine might be a little bit lower. So out of sixty nine, Cody, what do you give this movie? I'll let you go first. We gotta end on a you know positive note. Here. Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I I'm going to give this movie the lowest score of the season. Um, <laughs> for, for me, uh, you're full of shit. It is my least favorite movie thus far uh, that we have watched. And if we're being honest, by a good, decent amount. So currently my lowest scoring movie is a uh, The Princess Bride. I'm really just attacking your childhood favorites here. Uh, my lowest scoring movie was The Princess Bride at a 40. Uh, oh my God, you give that movie a 40? What is wrong with you? Uh, this movie is significantly worse than The Princess Bride. So I'm going to have to put it down at a 30. Which, if we're going to do a, a percentage here, is actually a 44, 43.5%. So, hey, higher, higher than Rotten Tomatoes. Higher than Rotten Tomatoes. All right, what do you what do you got for it? You gave it a 30 out of 69. Um, I'm not going to give it in the 30s or the 40s. This is a mid-50s for me. Um, I believe I put her at 57. 57. Yeah, so I'm going to go below her. I don't really have a bunch of middle ground. I was sort of talking about that on that episode. I have less Jedi way below. Everything else is pretty high. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with a 53 for this movie. Um, sort of like I was saying before, just it's my guilty pleasure movie. It's either hit or miss comedy. You're either going to you know not like this movie at all or you know enjoy it. Um, yeah, I think uh, that's a pretty fair score. Uh so that's a, a 77%, so a, a C. How do you feel about hey, that, get, giving your movie a C? C's get degrees. C's get degrees. I mean, I'm go. not saying this is the best movie of all time at all. I'm just saying this is something, you know, I I like to casually enjoy uh, at different stages in my life. Yeah, I think that's very a very fair score. Okay. Um. So obviously we're here at the end of the season, and I've done a little bit of uh, sorting, and uh, I figured I could we could go over, you know, what we rated each movie real quick and just you know look look at where things stand what are the favorite movies of season one and you know what are their least favorite so cody what do you think the favorite movie was do you have any idea off the top of my head i mean i think i gave the highest rating to moonlight yeah um and that probably was my favorite movie uh that we did um hmm, the other one's up there Maybe The Departed. I'm not sure how our scores went for that one, honestly. Yeah, so uh, I'll just go from from 
top to bottom here highest scoring movie of the year was uh moonlight with an average of uh 66 out of 69 so obviously very high Um, then uh the departed was just below it with a 62 and a half and then we actually have gone gone girl and her tied for our third place spot with a uh, 57 and a half each and then um after that fast five the princess bride holes the last jedi spider-man and grown-ups right at the bottom with a 41 and a half average score for us what was the next Uh, lowest the last jedi and spider-man are actually tied for a 43 okay so So, grown-ups wasn't too far behind yeah so not too bad you know, I think still... in hindsight, maybe Fast Five should have been like higher than her. Um, but yeah, I think um, our ratings are pretty accurate on you know where they should be scaled up to be. What do you think? Yeah. So obviously, your your third favorite movie of the of season one was The Princess Bride, and I gave that a rather low score, so it, it got dropped down yeah. quite a bit, but. You know, I I, th- I think we're at a good spot. You know, we had a little bit of parody from sixty six to forty one. Um, you know, pretty interesting stuff. And looking forward to the movies. You know, we do in in this next season, and looking forward to you know having some people come on. You know, maybe interest introduce us to some new movies as well. So, what's one movie that you're definitely gonna pick for next season? <sighs> I got my list here. Let's pull it up real quick. Um definitely gonna pick well i i think school of rock is definitely a, a season two Got, gotta get school of rock on there um otherwise um i think it'd be cool to talk about uh maybe looper or uh end of watch i know i always tell you about end of watch but <laughs> I, th- I think <laughs> end of watch would be a fun one the one that i'm definitely gonna do um is arrival I always talk about that movie as well. Have to arrival. But yeah. All right. I think this is a good wrap for season one. Solid yeah. Episode. So uh, as always, we'll finish. Um, it's actually been a, a long time since we recorded our last episode. So I'm sure you've, you've gotten a chance to watch some things recently. Um, what have you been watching? What do you recommend? What are, you, what are your thoughts on things you've seen recently? Uh, I kind of, I've not been watching a ton, to be honest. Um, I've been rewatching uh, Survivor again, <laughs> uh, just the classics, you know. Um, also been watching Zoe Sony in Philadelphia still. I've not like sat down and actually watched a movie in a while. Um, probably been about a week, so I might get back on that train. I've been thinking of watching uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. That's one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, other than that, not a ton to recommend. How about you? I'm sure you've been on a grind recently. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm I'm about I'm at uh, 99 movies for the year, about to about to hit the big 100 for the year. Um, so yeah, I've, I've I've watched a decent amount of movies, especially in these last two weeks. Um, yeah. Being back home, summertime is going to be the big time. Um, first, first of all, I want to say that uh, on Friday night I will be making a return to movie theaters to go see A Quiet Place Part Two. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, definitely um i think that's the perfect movie to see in a movie theater obviously we went to go see tenant uh like last september um because things were opened up back up in west lafayette for a little bit and we were able to go to the imax where there wasn't a ton of people and be pretty spread out from everyone but um this i think this is a really good movie to to see in theaters for the first time so i'm looking forward to that 
I actually uh, a couple of days ago watched arrive rewatched arrival. Um, I showed it to my mom and or to my parents, and my mom was crying at the end of the movie. So, dude, that movie, the second time I watched it, that movie, that movie made me fall, dude. I'm not a crier either, but that is a good freaking movie. It is, uh, it is so much better on the second watch because that was only oh, the yeah. second time I'd seen it. I, I did hit that with the, well, I won't tell you what I gave it because you know, we'll talk about it. Um, some other movies I watched the Mortal Kombat movie. It's it's not great, but they do give a shout out to Gary, Indiana in the movie. It's a it's a oh, location. Wow. So nice. thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh tonight I watched Nomad Land, the 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 best picture winner from uh 2020. It was okay. It was all right. I'm very excited to see uh Eternals though. Were you able to check out the uh the pr- uh trailer for that? Yeah, I think um thinking about that movie that's making me more more excited is chloe Zhao behind the helm especially from that trailer just i mean the cinematography is an obvious thing um yeah i think her her directing style is actually really interesting to bring into the marvel universe uh the trailer obviously is just a teaser so it's not gonna give a ton away uh i like how there's <laughs> multiple game of Thrones actors as well mm. i think that's really funny um but yeah what did you think about it yeah, I'm I'm super hyped for it. I know one of the things that she really pushed for was to do a lot of like on location shooting. Cause like movies like Infinity War in game were almost entirely shot like on a sound stage on a green screen. Yeah. And she like very, very much wanted to, you know, shoot in real locations. And you know, just from the trailer, like you can see some of the like the beautiful uh landscape shots. Um, and I'm very excited for that. Um just throwing some other movies out i watched true grit and no country for old men shout out to the coen brothers uh both two really good movies i I did enjoy true grit so i appreciate the the draft pick from jake on that one uh watched the terminator for the first time have you seen the terminator really yeah Yeah. you seen terminator 2 no i will watch that soon i I know it's we gotta do that for season two okay maybe i'll wait i'll save it i know it's one of the great the great sequels of all time people talk about it a lot best. i think it's better than empire really wow old statement yeah uh have you seen scott pilgrim versus the world i'm not good movie good movie watched that recently um and then i i also watched the new Zack snyder film army of the dead which i will say do not watch don't don't waste your time that's the one with dave batista <laughs> hey dave batista that dude is hey you picked Hell him yeah. to be in a movie he is an action star and i i do guy. i do like dave batista but my god the rest <laughs> of that movie is awful uh i won't check it out then. Do, do not watch it's two hours and 20 minutes long and could have been easily hour 40 minutes um i saw a reviewer say uh army of the dead you don't need a Snyder cut because this is a hundred percent through and through Snyder's vision. Nobody, there was no oversight. There was, there was nothing holding this man back. And I definitely agree with that. It, it's not great. All right. That's uh that's all I got. Um, no official timeline on when season two will be a re- released, but look for it here in the coming weeks. Check out our social media pages at cap podcast and uh, be on the lookout. Yeah. It's just, you know, follow us on Instagram or on Twitter, and you'll definitely uh, be informed when the next season starts. So. Yep. Thanks for uh, joining us this season, joining us this episode. Uh, really appreciate it. Learned a lot, uh, you know, for making a podcast and, and doing everything, and we really appreciate it, guys. Stay capping. Stay capping. Peace. Peace.